Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in New York. I'm Lila Raptopoulos. After nearly two years of investigation, thousands of subpoenas, hundreds of warrants and witness interviews, the special counsel confirmed that the Russian government sponsored efforts to illegally interfere with the 2016 presidential election, but did not find that the Trump campaign or other Americans colluded in those efforts. That's U.S. Attorney General William Barr. On Thursday, he released a redacted version of the long-anticipated report from U.S. Special Counsel Robert Mueller. The FT's U.S. Managing Editor Peter Spiegel talks with FT U.S. National Editor Ed Luce about Mueller's findings. And they'll dive into everything from what counts as obstruction to what the report means for Democrats in 2020. So, Ed, if you can, in a couple of sentences, you've been covering U.S. politics for longer than we'd like to admit. Um, what do you think of the significances of, of, of this report that came out today? Uh, I think it's a hugely significant. Um, there's not really been quite such a build-up to any report, and this is a town of pretty hyped-up news cycles, Washington, D.C. There's not really been quite such a build-up um, that I can imagine, nor quite such spinning in advance. William Barr, the Attorney General, had indicated that this essentially exonerates Trump of both collusion with Russia and obstruction of justice, and the details in the report provide very different conclusions. So this is highly contentious. It's not the end of the Mueller investigation. It's really, um, we're really now in the middle of it and Congress is going to pick it up. So the temperature is just going to keep rising, in my opinion. Let me take those two separate bits of the report uh, and divide it up because you you mentioned the two main parts. There actually is two separate volumes in this 450-page report, one on the quote-unquote collusion with Russia uh, and the other one on obstruction of justice. Start with with the Russia investigation, because as you said, it's interesting in that although the special prosecutor could not find evidence of collusion, it's pretty clear the Russians were trying to help Trump, and it's pretty clear the Trump people were happy to get the help from the Russians. What, what, what was your, your take on, on that bit of the report? Yeah, I mean, from the very first page of volume one, the volume that deals with um, conspiracy, it says Russians... Um, attempt to influence the 2016 election was sweeping and systematic. But it also says that the special counsel found extensive contact between the Trump campaign, members of the Trump campaign, and the Russian government. It concludes, and this is the piece that has been very much picked up on by William Barr and others, it concludes insufficient evidence of criminal conspiracy between the Trump campaign and the Kremlin. But that's uh, that's slightly different to how Attorney General Barr spun it, which was that he was completely let off the hook of that charge. The details that this sort of first 200-page volume of the Mueller report provides show what, in sort of common sense, use of the word collusion or coordination, a lot of evidence across the campaign people who work for Trump, people related to Trump, and Trump himself coordinating the dump of hacked emails with WikiLeaks and calling upon Russian intelligence officers, the GRU, etc., to conduct further hacking operations. So, you know, the headline is Trump's off the hook. Details are very, very different to what the headline would suggest. I mean, I was particularly struck by the the, the bit on, on WikiLeaks, where they do talk about Trump himself getting briefed almost on a regular basis about 
wanting to know when the dumps were coming, what the communication strategy was going to be. Um, it's redacted, but we assume it's probably Roger Stone is the man he's working with because we know in a separate criminal case that Stone has been work- was working closely with WikiLeaks. I mean, it's pretty remarkable that a campaign was, was working that assiduously to get material that was essentially being uh, provided for by a foreign government. This is what's extraordinary about the report. You know, we often spot news news reports where the dramatic headline is not supported by the content. This is kind of the opposite. The dramatic headline is is very much belied by the the dramatic content. You have a foreign government that, according to the report, is um, offering to help the Trump campaign and actually helping the Trump campaign. And the Trump campaign, from the uh, nominee downwards, is reaching out consistently in a in, in a, a, a really sort of deep pattern of extensive contacts with thinly disguised proxies for the Russian government to to coordinate the release of this information damaging to uh, the Hillary Clinton campaign. So he he's marched us up to the top of the hill, Robert Mueller. And I, I, I won't go so far as to say he's now marched us down again. What he's uh, when he reached the top of the hill, um, is Congress over to you. Um, here, here are a lot of leads. Here is a lot of evidence. There is no criminally sort of provable case here, but there's a lot of things to work on. And that's essentially what he's saying in this report. And the Democrats have already today said that they would they would pick up that that cudgel. And it's interesting as we go to the to the, the second bit, the second volume, which is on obstruction of justice. It's almost the same thing there. It is there is not necessarily a, a legal provable case, um, but the only reason he doesn't pursue it is because of sort of legal technicalities. Well, he makes very very clear in obstruction of justice section that this is a matter that belongs properly to the first branch of government. In a very sort of passed through detailed reading of uh, legal precedent and the constitutional precedent there, he says, this is Congress's determination, but it is criminally prosecutable. There was a scene in the Oval Office where Trump uh, uses an expletive and says, this is the end of my presidency. And this struck me as not only a great bit of drama, but for all the public bravado that Donald Trump had said, you know, there's never been any collusion, there's never been any nothing. The minute he finds out that Mueller's been appointed, he thinks it's all over. And it's really a striking public versus private uh, uh, dichotomy there. And it's funny, you know, because Mueller is writing about what Trump said about Mueller's appointment. There's a funny tone to all of this of detachment. Mueller bends over backwards in this case and many others to say it doesn't necessarily, beyond all doubt, prove corrupt intent, in this case, obstruction of justice, that he wanted to fire Mueller. I think for most ordinary people, and probably, uh, you know, a jury of what they used to call 12 good men and true, um, saying um, my presidency is finished, is evidence that Trump thought Mueller would uncover collusion um, or some or some kind of criminal behavior on the Trump campaign. Well, let me wrap this up. Is this good for the Democrats or bad for the Democrats? Because there's been, a, been an argument, particularly some of the presidential candidates who have said, Look, we don't want to focus on Mueller. We don't want to focus on Trump, Russia. We want to focus on jobs. We want to focus on health care. We want to focus on things that people talk about on the campaign trail. Yes. I mean, I think probably the most experienced operator in Washington is Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House. And she's, you know, been resisting pressure to start impeachment proceedings against the president uh, because she understands that the public, you know, have very settled 
opinions. They're pretty evenly split on this, that most people, you know, outside of Washington have very little interest in this. And the Democratic presidential candidates find that very few questions have anything to do with Russia or Mala. They're about, you know, more kitchen table issues, as they say. And Pelosi knows this. Um, I fear um, her job of sort of holding back holding back the pressure, resisting the pressure is going to be more difficult now because this report is not what William Barr summarized it to be, which was essentially an across-the-board exoneration of Trump. It's far from that. And therefore, the heckles um, are, going to be, are going to be rising on the left, uh, understandably. And therefore, Pelosi's job is going to be a lot tougher than it was two days ago. Well, Ed, thank you very much. I know it's been a long day for you, but thanks for joining us on the podcast. It's a delight. Thanks, Peter. That was the FT's Peter Spiegel talking with Ed Luce. You can read much more on the Mueller report at FT.com. Thanks for listening. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com.